The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by Medtronic. Medtronic is dedicated to the pursuit of life-transforming health tech. From AI to robotics and beyond, we're reinventing what's possible, and we're just getting started. Visit Medtronic.com to learn more. LinkedIn News. So many things in life involve negotiations, whether we recognize it or not. Relationships, living situations, and others. Despite the frequency of negotiations in our lives, we often freeze up during those around hiring. Well, we're going to help make those conversations less terrifying. We're talking all about it on today's episode. From LinkedIn News, this is Get Hired, a podcast for the ups and downs and the ever-changing landscape of our professional lives. I'm Andrew Seaman, LinkedIn's Senior Managing Editor for Jobs and Career Development, bringing you conversations with experts who, like me, want to see you succeed at work, at home, and everywhere in between. Okay, a quick backstory about me. I grew up in rural northeastern Pennsylvania. I'm a first-generation college student. I had a lovely childhood, but we were not rich or even lower middle class by any measure. So... When I was fresh out of grad school, a recruiter called me with a job offer that I accepted almost immediately. The salary was more money than I had ever seen in my life. Negotiation was the last thing on my mind. Plus, I had just landed a job during the worst labor market following the Great Recession. What more could I ask for? Well, as I got settled living in New York City and my student loans kicked in, I started kicking myself for not negotiating especially when I found out that people with similar experience were making 10000 to 20000 more than me. Unfortunately, I learned from experience that negotiating during the hiring process is a necessity. For the reasons I mentioned and more, negotiating a starting salary and benefits can be intimidating, to say the least. So today, we're chatting with Maury Taharipour, who teaches negotiation and dispute resolution at the University of Pennsylvania's Wharton School. She is also the author of Bring Yourself, How to Harness the Power of Connection to Negotiate Fearlessly. The title of her book actually leads right into our conversation, because Maury's negotiation approach doesn't fit into the stereotypical, cold, no-nonsense style we see in movies or TV. Instead, she suggests leaning into our humanity. It's really about people coming together to work out a problem, to find a solution, whether it's a relationship, your job, or whatever it is. And I think it's a beautiful experience. It's meant to bring people together so you can actually build bridges as opposed to sort of create division. Yeah. And the way I always think about it is that if you go into any conversation or anything like that where you automatically think the person on the other side of the table is your opposition... Mm -hmm. It's just not a good relationship starter if it's an employer because you're literally going to be working together and you want to be able to find that path forward. Right. And so if you think about the other side, as you said, opposition, if you think about like what I never use, the words I never use in class are like winning or losing. Well, I think that in and of itself inherently creates some sense of competition and you not wanting to be on the quote-unquote losing side, but what does that mean? So the way you relieve some of the tension, because if you say, I'm here to get a good deal for both of us, I want to make sure that when we both walk away that we're happy with what we got, even if it's not a deal, that there's sort of good taste that's left in both of our mouths, that this is a good experience. And I think just saying that allows you to sort of find some comfort, but saying that to somebody else, and by the way, you can't just say it, you have to actually honor it, 
I think is actually a wonderful way to say, this is not going to be a battle. Let's just talk. Yeah. The next question that I have for you is when you're entering those discussions, when you're through that general interview process and they say, we'd like to make you an offer, what is your next step? I think, first of all, to be excited about it is actually a really good thing because you want to first message to the person who just gave you this offer that this is somewhere I want to be. So let them know that you're excited about that, right? Because again, this sort of sets a scene that says, okay, this is somebody that really wants to be here. Now let's figure out the details because after this conversation is going to be either the offer sheet, the term sheet that they give you, or the conversation that's about to begin at that point. And I think that being able to take one step back always is very helpful because this is a process, right? It allows them to understand that you are a thoughtful person, that you think critically maybe about the next stage of your life, your needs, your wants. And to do that also allows you to have a little space. And then you can also start thinking about all the things that are really important for you in that process. We'll be right back after this break. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. And we're back with Maury to Harryport talking about negotiations. A lot of employers, they give an offer letter and they say, OK, here's the offer. Let us know what you think. Or they'll say, you know, we don't really negotiate. What should people do about that? Should they always negotiate? What's the next step? That's an easy one. I would always say yes. But it's not always your salary that you're negotiating, right? It's the entirety of your package, right? Your compensation package, your benefits and, you know, all the other things that come along with it. And these days it's things like, are you doing work remotely? Are you in the office? You know, there's so many layers to this. And so if they say we don't do a lot of negotiations, it's generally around salary. And that's something you may hear more and more these days because there is sort of salary transparency. They're really looking at sort of scales. But again, there's all these other things. I always say, you're not going to get it if you don't ask, right? And there are certain things that are very easy for companies to give up. But what are those things? That's why I was taking that time away for a moment and thinking, you know what, of all these things, the one that's really important to me is how often I can work remotely versus being in the office. And so that's the one thing that would be really important to me. And then that's what you go back with. And you ask for the most that you want, which is sort of that next best thing that would still make you happy. It's hard for me to believe that away from the salary that there's anything that's really a deal breaker. Yeah, I think that's so true. You also need to actually take that moment to yourself to say, what are my wants and needs? Right. Yeah, because you basically need to go in there and say, okay, I've thought about this and here is my bottom line, but here are my nice to haves, right? Yeah. You know, it's funny when people say, what is the most important negotiations that you've done? It's usually the ones I've done with myself, right? Because we take so little time for introspection. And this is your moment. Think about what are my wants and needs, right? These days, you know, studies are showing us that salary and things like stability are really important. But if stability is one of the things that you want, which is not surprising given the chaos that we just went through for several years, then maybe it's you're looking at the future of the company. Maybe you're looking at your growth in the company. Maybe you're looking at the 
evaluation cycles. And, you know, should you become sort of the star? How will they look at promotions? Take that moment and have this conversation with yourself. Give yourself the opportunity to think things through. Yes. I always tell myself the power of the pause because there are so few things in life where you're going to regret taking even like a minute before making a decision. Perfectly said to your point, that pause. First of all, you don't want to run away from something. You want to run to something, right? So you want to go maybe in search of the job that you really want, as opposed to applying for 10,000 things at that moment, and maybe of which like only 10% of which are appealing to you and the others are just sort of the safety net. You don't want to do that. Brush up your LinkedIn profile, brush up your resume. There's other things you can do. Just take a breath and not sort of relish in this sort of anxiety of the moment. Yeah, but how do you make your case? And also, how do you bring in maybe your personal needs or wants into that? So the reason why research is so important is that it's sort of understanding market values creates some separation for you even, right? Let's go of some of that emotionality that you may have at that moment, right? It's also probably not a great idea to say, I want to raise because my rent is really high or my electric bill is really high. Because why is that important to the company, right? That's not really their problem. But as you do your research, the other thing that you can start looking at are maybe things like in your experience, your background, the things that you do now that are more relevant to this company, right? Part of what you're doing is not only doing the research from maybe a salary perspective, but the marketability of who you are, right? And your background and the things that you can bring to this company. Because then when you're actually going in and you're making that presentation, you're giving yourself more credit, but you're also coming with the data. But now what you're doing is actually important to the company. It matters to the company and it doesn't really become all about you. Yeah, I think that's really fantastic. You do have to make the case from a business perspective to say this is why this would benefit you as well as me, right? Right, absolutely. And the next thing I wonder too is how do you know when you've sort of exhausted the negotiation tactics? Because obviously negotiations do come to an end. I've gotten a little bit, didn't get everything I wanted, but I've got enough to feel comfortable to move forward. The word enough is a really fascinating one because I don't think we really honor it. And I think that, again, having that conversation with yourself throughout this process of, am I happy, right? You can look for joy and happiness in the negotiations. If I feel fulfilled, then that is enough, right? And it shouldn't be your ego. This is about personal fulfillment and the sort of the joy of celebrating that moment of getting this job that you really want. The other part of it is the impression that you leave on people, right? So it's not always favorable to try to squeeze that last bit of juice out of an orange. At this point, you should say, I'm so happy that you've had this conversation with me. I'm so grateful that we've gone through this process. Thank you for that, that you've respected them, that you haven't just sat there and just kept poking at it, that the next time around, They'll say, you know what, I really enjoyed having this conversation with Maury. And they're much more likely to think about the requests and, again, advocate on your behalf. So it's not just in the here and now. It is about your reputation. It's about how you make somebody feel. Yeah. And something that I also always tell applicants, you're usually going to be 
hired into a salary band. So most companies will say someone at this level can make between this number and this higher number. I always tell people to ask them realistically when a promotion would get you to the next band and leave room for growth. I think a lot of people, they see that high number and say, well, if that's the maximum, that's what I want. Absolutely. And the issue with that is, yeah, you might get the maximum, but then you're stuck at that level (laughs) and that salary for two years. Right. I think that's a really excellent point. And it's also really important to ask, what will it take to get there? Right. What are the things that you all look at that will allow me to get there? So if you can ask those questions, like you said, not only know when that next cycle is so that you can get to that next level, but what they actually look for for you to get to that next level. And I think just knowing that ahead of time would be great because, yes, there's room for growth. and You don't want to be at the same salary for three years, if that's what it would take to get there. My next question then is, obviously, the economy is okay right now. We might dip into a little bit of a recession. But does that ever change the fundamentals of negotiation? Or really, if you do your research, I assume a lot of that sort of falls into place naturally, right? Yes, it should fall into place naturally. No, I don't think the recession necessarily should play into it. Because again, it's a pretty favorable job market, right? It's a tight job market. There are certain industries where we unfortunately are seeing these massive layoffs, but that doesn't mean it's the entirety of the job market. So looking at what industry you're in, what your company is, and how they're doing actually is very important because even despite the recession and what you're seeing sort of in headlines, that's not really impacting the industry or the company that you're working for. I think, again, going back, have some emotional intelligence, do your research, and have the confidence to ask for really what you're worth, despite what the market is telling you. Yeah. And is there anything else that you think people should know about the negotiation process while getting hired that maybe we didn't cover or something else that you'd like to add? It's how we started the conversation. It feels like a transaction when you only allow it to be a transaction. So to remember that there is somebody sitting across from you, to know that actually maybe not talking about your salary right away, but asking about how they are, how they really are, right? These days, it's hard to not understand the pressures of the world and the things that are around us. To show your interest in the person is really important. Again, they will be your best advocate. So treat them as such, right? Give them the dignity and the respect of that. Uh, But we're so afraid. We're like so focused on this is what I have to ask for that we forget. Yeah, but you're asking from a human being and make time for them, make space for them and make time and space for yourself. This is not a process that's meant to be rushed. So don't do that. That's such a great note to end on. Thank you so much, Maury. Of course. That was negotiation expert and author of Bring Yourself, Maury Teheripour. Remember, it's up to you to put our advice into practice. Still, you always have a community backing you up and cheering you on. Connect with me and the Get Hired community on LinkedIn to continue this conversation. Also, if you like this episode, please take a moment to leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps people like you find the show. And don't forget to click that follow, subscribe, or whatever other button you find to get our podcast delivered to you every Wednesday because we'll continue these conversations on the next episode, right here, wherever you like to listen. Get Hired is a production of LinkedIn News. 
This episode was produced by Alexis Ramdow. Rafa Faria is our associate producer. Asaf Gidron engineered our show. Joe DeGiorgi mixed our show. Dave Pond is head of news production. Enrique Montalvo is our executive producer. Courtney Coop is head of original programming for LinkedIn. Dan Roth is the editor-in-chief of LinkedIn. And I'm Andrew Seaman. Until next time, stay well and best of luck.